Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Ravenslayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Chi a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. This is Ladyboy Gigi. And tonight on Adult Bedtime Stories, we're going to be talking about developing a sacred sex practice. And you may wonder, what is a sacred sex practice? Well, for me, it's all about putting together a set of rituals and daily workings to raise our sex energy and create more sacredness to sex. And part of the way I do it is I do erotic morning affirmations and I perform erotic meditations, guided meditations. And then I also have built an altar with different sexual symbols and artwork and even some sculptures I've done and some erotic photography I've done to create a sacred sexual environment in which to perform some of my pagan sexual rituals in front of. It creates an environment that in a sacred space for performing sexual rituals and enjoying the erotic touch and building that sex energy each morning as I perform my daily erotic affirmations. 
It's amazing. I have Paul with me tonight. Do you have any thoughts? So, yeah, as you know, we've been working together quite a while to help me develop a lot of these daily rituals and sexual practices. And for me, it's made a big change in my life to incorporate these things. I do a lot of the same things that you do. I do my morning affirmations, and it really has helped me be more confident in myself and change some of the things that I wanted to change in my life. And the meditations are really, really important to me. I've I've gotten to the point where every day I raise this sex energy and it fills me with this very strong energy and power that I can use throughout my day and I can use in my life to bring about tremendous change and it's really, really beautiful. I I I really thank you for for introducing me to this world. Mm-hmm. I think part of it for me is that when we enter into an erotic state and we raise that erotic energy in our bodies, we go into a different headspace. We go into what I call the higher consciousness. It's like we become more aware of our bodies and we're more fully present and we're more fully in tune with the here and now. And when I say present, I mean having presence, being fully in tune with the person you're playing with or fully in tune with yourself if you're masturbating and just being totally in the here and now. But on top of that, by getting into this erotic headspace, we're also tapping into the non-rational side of the brain. We're getting into the realm of dreams and daydreams and the intuitive side of our nature, the intuitive side of our brain. And by doing so, we become much more tuned to the spiritual realm. It's a kind of interesting phenomenon that occurs when we get fully in touch with our bodies and even our sense of touch changes once we raise that sexual energy. It's like touch becomes electric. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's that's completely true. Like for me the thing that you were saying about mindfulness has been very important in my personal journey because for a long time I was going through life and I was kind of just reacting to the world. But by using these erotic practices, I find myself much more involved with what is actually going on in my life. When I walk around or I'm doing the dishes or any number of mundane things, rather than just having random chatter in my head, I am much more aware of myself and my surroundings. I have thoughts that I think are a lot better for me in the long run than before when I was just kind of going through life on autopilot. 
it it's really really magical yeah and i'd like to take a minute and, and talk a little bit about some of the things you can do to kind of help this process of getting into that right headspace and part of it is first of all raising the erotic energy and you can utilize different techniques you can fantasize about a sexual act you enjoy or a sexual partner imaginary or real you can also create an environment and one of the things i've done is i've built an altar in my bedroom and on my altar i have this giant phallus that i carved out of cedar it's about three and a half feet tall <laughs> and then i also carved a vulva shape kind of abstractly into a big block of mahogany and both are very beautiful works of art and then I've also done some other smaller sculptures and created some erotic photography. And also I have several, because I'm such so fae and into the fairies, I have several statues of fairies. Mm. And some of them are very erotic fairies. <laughs> but by creating this sacred space and I create a good ambient lighting when I get into my affirmations or into my meditations. Sometimes I'll burn incense and then I'll kneel or nowadays more sick because my knee doesn't handle kneeling anymore. <laughs> but I'll sit naked in front of my altar and just get into that headspace and touch my body erotically and build up that Ooh, so good energy, <laughs> those pleasures of the flesh that kind of get me into the present moment, get me fully present with myself, and it brings my body alive. So I think that's part of the technique is to create a sacred space for pursuing different sexual activities. And I even sometimes make love in my bedroom with a partner, with all the ambient lighting, and I've got not just on my altar, but on my walls, erotic paintings and erotic pictures and all kinds of things that I find erotic. I know that you've put together an altar. What other things do you do that help you get into the right headspace? For me, on my altar are some of the toys I've played with, and I've got this broken piece of a belt that came from a really, really hot scene I did one time where the belt actually broke on me, and it was a kind of a group thing that a number of people did for my birthday, and they all signed it. I have, in the center of it, the centerpiece, is a picture that you gave me that is of you performing wax play with this device that you made that for cock and ball torture. yeah for <laughs> cock and ball torture and it's something i meditate on every day because one thing that's really important in the work that we do as you know is you have taught me to treat your your cock as a 
a deep symbol of power and strength and of the training that we're doing together. And so every day I meditate in front of this picture of yours and I picture bringing that that power and that energy into myself and I touch myself in erotic ways in front of my altar and for a period of time I uh, every day I meditate on you and what you mean to me and on the work that we're doing together and I circulate energy in and out of of you giving you energy and then also receiving energy to help me in in the work that we're doing together I then meditate on the temple that we run together and the work that we have done there and the work that we will do there in the future and I meditate on becoming a better service submissive to the temple and really getting to the point where I can help teach people as much as you do. One thing I'd like to add, we haven't mentioned this yet, but one of the things we do with the sacred harlots is we have them pick either an icon or a, a goddess or god or even some type of archetype that represents some of the qualities that they would like to develop within themselves. I picked for myself the goddess Baphomet, who is often misrepresented in our culture because of the Christian religion. They kind of transform Baphomet into the devil. <laughs> but basically, Baphomet is much different than the devil, or as he's portrayed as the devil. He is actually, or she, Baphomet is a hermaphrodite god, so it's both he and she. Baphomet is into the darker side of sexuality as well as the pleasures. Also, worship, in a sense, or kind of look up to the goddess Aphrodite, who is the mother of hermaphrodite, where we get the word hermaphrodite from. And it was through her union with Hermes that we get the term hermaphrodite. It's a blending of Hermes and Aphrodite. <laughs> and so those two deities have always stood out for me, as well as Pan and Dionysius. Because every time, once in a while, I do like to imbibe and party and celebrate sexuality. And so those are the some of the icons and gods and goddesses that I've chosen. And I have each temple worker who wants to be a part of Aphrodite's temple go through the ritual of joining the temple by choosing an icon or a deity or a archetype. And then they do a story around the campfire telling us about this person and why they chose them. It can be fictional or real. I know one priestess, she chose Cleopatra because Cleopatra was such a strong woman 
and led Egypt <laughs> and was quite an amazing ruler and accomplished amazing feats for a female. So everyone chooses what they really want to become or at least pick up some of the attributes of this person or icon. So anyway, you want to share a little bit about your icon? Yeah, for me, I chose the artist and professional pervert uh, Bob Flanagan. He was the oldest living person to live with cystic fibrosis, and he put a lot of himself into his art. And the reason I chose him as the icon that, that I follow is because I feel like I relate to him in a lot of ways. I I deal with a fair amount of chronic pain, and I have a mild case of cerebral palsy, and I have just different health struggles that I live through. And I feel like my masochism has really helped me come to terms with a lot of the the personal struggles that I go through. And Bob Flanagan often would uh, attribute his long life to being a masochist and being submissive and doing the work that he did. And I just really admire him. If anyone is interested in learning more about Bob Flanagan, there's a really great documentary that you can find called Sick with the subtitle Bob Flanagan Supermasochist. It's, it's, he's also got a book by the same title. Actually, I, I'm not sure that that's the title of his book, but you can find his book. It's also really good. Ah, <laughs> I think it's important to find an icon or, and it, I look at it as kind of a hero or shero, someone that you really admire and really want to build into your spiritual practice some of their attributes and incorporate them into yourself. And that's part of what makes sex very sacred, is being able to worship not only the deities or icons, but also I worship myself. I worship who I am and what I'm transforming into and the being that I'm becoming. Because we aren't just a person. We're a person growing and developing and changing. And it's amazing process. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really is an amazing process. I think one of the things that's really important to realize as we talk about these things is that wherever you are, whatever your spiritual practice is, you can really incorporate sexuality into it and also develop one that goes alongside your current spiritual practice, whatever it is. And if you've never had a practice of any kind, it's, it's not something that you need to really be scared about or afraid about. It takes some getting used to, but it's really easy to incorporate this into your life every day. 
And I would like to say that there is a difference between religion and spirituality. And I come from a family that was very Christian. My father was a minister, and I had a lot of the Bible preached to me <laughs> through my early years. And so I knew the Bible. In fact, I even had the bishop come perform exorcism on me to... I'm not sure, still to this day, I'm not sure exactly the reasons. They never said. And they even called it a house blessing. But they spent a lot of time in my bedroom. And then at one point he was laying his hands on me and having the evil demons cast out of me. And so it was an exorcism. <laughs> it wasn't just a blessing. And I did notice he spent probably two-thirds of the time in my bedroom casting out and blessing the, or blessing the house. I had to come to terms with some of, the, some of that and with some of the things that I was taught that were supposedly the anti-sex principles of the Bible. But when you look closer into the Bible, there's parts, it's very selective. Song of Solomon is all about sex and celebrating sex and enjoying sex. And that wasn't condemned. In fact, there was never a time that Jesus said anything about sex. Most of the stuff they come up with is from the Old Testament, which he kind of threw out. And the other side of it is that the one time Jesus did anything that was remotely around the topic of sex was when they were trying to stone a woman for being unfaithful to her husband, committing adultery. And even he stepped in and said, let the one that has never sinned cast the first stone, and he saved her from a stoning. So I find it kind of remarkable that the Christian religion tends to make so much of sex equals sin and evil when their main deity, Jesus Christ, never really said anything about sex outright, other than don't commit adultery. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that's actually one of the reasons why developing a daily sacred sex practice is good, because... I didn't really think I had any problem with sex or any like sexual hang-ups before we started working together because I grew up in a very liberal household. Uh, I was taught that sex wasn't a bad thing, and I was taught about sex as a kid, and my parents were very open, my friends were very open, and it wasn't until I started working on having a a daily sec sacred sex practice and doing some of the workings that we've done together that I realized I actually had a lot of internalized shame and guilt and and fear wrapped around sexuality. And so it was really important for me in that way to de develop this daily practice. And I think you touch on something because... Not all that's sex negative comes from religion. Part of it comes just from 
our sex-negative culture and the socialization process. And part of it has to deal with creating inequality between men and women and preserving the marriage system and monogamy. And I find that a lot of that shame and guilt around sex also kind of comes from that Puritan work ethic. Since sex is not a productive activity, and it's just purely about pleasure, unless you're trying to have kids, sex is seen as something that one shouldn't involve oneself in. You should be working and hardworking and striving to improve your life, and sex doesn't according to our kind of Puritan work ethic, sex doesn't really contribute anything. But I find that's a total fabrication in a sense because it's through sex that we can feel much better about ourselves. It helps us raise our self-confidence. It helps us feel good. It fights off those times when we're kind of at low points. It helps us stay on a more even keel. Just pleasuring ourselves helps to release chemistry in our brain that helps make us feel better as a person. Yeah, that's definitely true. For me, I I have struggled on and off with depression, though I haven't always been aware of it. And I think that one of the important things for me for getting over some of my depression and working through, because I I still have some depression right now, but like doing this daily practice of raising sexual energy and working with my sexual energy and learning how to use my sexual energy, it does give me a daily boost of, you know, those neurotransmitters that are so important for all of brain function. And I I think that if you're listening and you feel that you've tried so many things and you, you feel like you're kind of a lost cause, that this is an easy way to do something because I know for me when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm feeling like things aren't going right in my life it's hard for myself to do things like work out or eat healthy or study or work or do anything productive but it's not hard to convince myself to build up some sex, sexual energy and work with that energy. I think it's a very good way when you don't have anything else that you can do that is positive for you to do something that you kind of want to do anyway. And building that pleasure. I mean, our bodies are designed for sex. They're not just our sex organs, but our entire body is a sex organ in a sense. I mean, think about it. When we raise that sexual energy, all of a sudden, different parts of our body become erotically charged, and we can discover different erogenous zones in many different places. 
and they give us those good, yummy pleasures. <laughs> and I think it's partly through receiving those pleasures, often, especially for women, it's hard for them to sometimes receive because of being socialized. Oh, women are supposed to help a man get off, but, you know, when it comes to sex, and this is changing some, but when it comes to sex, it's like seen as if you're too sexual as a woman, you become a whore or slut, and you don't want to be that. But actually, I see it a different way. When a woman becomes sexual, she gets in touch with her power centers and really becomes a woman of power. <laughs> so I'm kind of into this whole thing, partly because it can bring so much healing and catharsis. And we haven't even touched on the darker side yet. <laughs> but we are coming to our midpoint in the show. And I'd like to bring up that if you enjoy this podcast and feel like you're learning something new and getting in touch with your body and learning more about how to have a healthy sex life and really get something from this show, I would like you to consider becoming a sponsor of the show. And we do have a Patreon page. If you want to provide support, we have different levels of support going as little as $1 a month. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to patreon.com forward slash ladyboygigi, all one word. Another thing that you can do to help out the show if you are so inclined is to visit our website at ravenslayerleather.com. On the website, we've got a number of different training videos and forms of training, and most of them are priced at $10 a piece. It's it's more detailed information than you get from the show, and it comes with worksheets and all sorts of resources to help you build a stronger, more sexual life. If you're interested in contacting us uh, to send us questions or give us suggestions for future shows or just to leave a comment, you can contact Gigi at admin at ravenslayerleather.com. Ah, uh, yes. And I would like to jump in and say that on our website, we do also have some free trainings, a few of them. And those are free of charge. Check them out. Because part of my mission is to create a more sex-positive world. And so I want to keep these training programs as cheap as I can and also provide some of them free of charge as a service to the world because I would like to see our world become much more sex positive. Too often we tend to celebrate violence, especially in movies and TV, and yet sexuality is not celebrated. It's taboo. <laughs> and I find it very 
difficult to see this trend of violence getting worse and worse. I mean, we're depicting violence in much more gory detail than even 20 years ago. And I find it offensive. And yet, to show two people making love is considered offensive? (laughs) I don't quite get it. I do really want to create a more sex-positive world where sexuality is something we can discuss openly and honestly, where sexuality is something we can learn and develop better skills. I can't tell you how many partners and marriages have come to me and said, you know, we just don't have that great a sex life. And I said, well, it's not your fault. These You've never been taught how to really pleasure one another at a more advanced level. And part of my training programs, I do include tantric sexual techniques and Taoist sexual techniques, as well as throwing a little bit of BDSM techniques for those that want to explore the kinkier side. (laughs) Yeah, I know one of the things that you have for free on there is a guided meditation that you had me listen to a while ago. And it was really, really incredible. It was one where you took the listener on a journey to somewhere far and exotic, and you went through this um, sexual experience with someone and you gave enough details to get the listener, like give them a framework to, to work off, but you also left it open enough that people could fill in the blanks with their own imagination. And it, it was a really, really great guided meditation that you had me listen to. And I actually checked my website. It's not there yet, but it's about to be there because I worked on it some today, getting it all put together. It is part of the training I do in several training programs because it is important to get in touch with that inner sexual organ, our biggest sexual organ, the brain. And when we can really fully utilize the power of the mind and sexuality, then you really can open new doors. I know that I've been able to actually have orgasms just from fantasies alone. And so, and this can also help people with disabilities, people that have had injuries where they can't feel anything down in their genitals anymore. You can utilize the powers of the brain to still enjoy those sexual pleasures because the mind is very powerful in that way. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of times people don't realize how powerful we are. We have the ability to change our life merely through the power of thought and through visualization and picturing things being different in our life and that's one of the the powers of this work is when you build up sexual energy you are telling yourself that I am a sexual creature that I am filled with sexual appeal and that it really 
boosts your confidence when you're talking with people or just in yourself in general. It, I find that it has helped my my self-esteem and my my body image grow a, a great deal. It's it's very powerful stuff. Oh yeah, and one of the things and part of why I really push for people to do the morning affirmations is that it can help with your self-talk. And too often, I know for me, I had very negative, down-on-Gigi self-talk at one point in my life. And I even had a friend come up and said, if you had a best friend and he told you some of the things you're telling yourself, would you stick around that friend very long? And I thought, no. (laughs) Through the powers of erotic morning affirmations, I started slowly changing the negative self-talk. I had to do several things. I had to check out my negative self-talk and ask, is this really true? Where does this come from? And I found some amazing answers for me. A lot of it came from the messages I was given by authority figures when I was a child. A lot of it came from just being ADHD and dyslexic and told, oh, you'll never succeed. My mind talk reflected that. And for a long time, I couldn't succeed. It wasn't until I started questioning and then addressing that mind talk and turning it around and saying things like, I used to say, oh, I'll never succeed in college because I'd been told that by all the authority figures, everybody from psychologists, psychiatrists, vocational counselors, my parents, everybody told me, oh, don't even think about going to college. And so I started questioning that mind talk around college. I thought, well, is this really true? Where did it come from? And I saw all the, it kind of flashed in my mind one day. It came from all these people telling me. And so I started saying, okay, maybe this isn't true. Let's check it out. And I started telling myself, well, if other people can learn, you may have to do it a little differently, but you're smart you can do this. It may take you a little longer, but if you really apply yourself and, and figure out new ways to learn materials that are a little different than the way other people learn them, then maybe you can succeed. And through changing my talk, mind talk, I went to college and not only got undergrad in philosophy, a BA, I also went on and got a master's degree in social work. And so it's incredible how powerful just changing our mind talk can be. It transformed my life, and it's partly through my early morning affirmations. I would tell myself new scripts, and that's one of the powers of the brain. We become what we tell ourselves. And too often we are so full of negative mind talk, we tell ourselves, oh, you're too ugly or you're too, you're not attractive enough, you don't compare to the movie stars, you don't compare to some of the models. Who would find you sexy? 
And I started questioning that. I said, well, first of all, all that's fakery. It's all done with a whole team of experts to create this illusion of beauty that's just not real. And then I realized, oh, maybe if I take some gymnastics and modern dance and even took a um, class in ballet, and I became more graceful in my movements, and I became more attractive. And another part of attractiveness isn't just in our physical form. It's in that inner glow, that inner shine in our eyes. It's that zest for life. It's like when we become impassioned and find amazing energy from within, then we shine out and we're much more beautiful. And I owe a lot of that to just performing the raising the sexual energy, distributing it through my body, and then it shines out, not just during the affirmations, but throughout the day. So this can be very powerful and can really transform one's life. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have gone through a lot of transformations myself doing this work. One of the things that it's done for me is, not surprisingly, it's it's made me a better sex partner, a better lover. It's It's gotten me to the point where I am much more in tune with what I am doing when I'm having sex with a partner. And it's connecting my energy with their energy and and using it. It's It's been extremely powerful. And it's my sex life has never been better than it is now. And I, I know that with continued work, it's only going to get better from here. You touched on one thing that I'd like to elaborate on a little bit. And that is that when we raise that sexual energy in our bodies each day and we start working on becoming more receptive to the pleasures of the body and the pleasures of the flesh, it changes our whole mindset. It releases good chemistry in the brain. And all of a sudden we become much more attractive in our personalities because we feel better about ourselves. It really is transformative. I remember when I first started working on some of these things in myself, I took myself out on a date, did all the things that I would have done if I'd taken someone else out on a date, but I did them for myself. And I started loving myself at a much deeper level, and I included sex as part of the date, masturbation, but it was a little deeper than masturbation. I made love to myself and took time, several hours that night. It just had a tremendous impact in my life, not just in my sex life, but in other areas of my life because I felt more confident. It got me also more in tune with the intuitive side of myself. And so I was able to really come to see through things with a sharper eye. I was able to accomplish things that I hadn't been able to accomplish in the past. 
And it took away some of that self-doubt and that self-questioning that we often stumble into when we have opportunities in the world. And all of a sudden, I started taking charge of my life. And it was through raising that good sex energy and loving myself and feeling like, yes, I am worthy of this. I am a beautiful, sexy creature. This is a good thing. Too often we're told, oh, that's conceited. But it isn't. There's a difference between saying, oh, I'm, I'm a stud, from, oh, I'm a beautiful human being that's worthy of giving in receiving pleasures. But any thoughts? <laughs> yeah, definitely. For me, like I've noticed that through doing this work that I feel like people are, are drawn to me in a different way. And I feel much more confident around them. It makes me feel very in tune in my body. Like, especially when you and I do BDSM, it's, it's really interesting because I used to be very analytical when, when I was in a scene with you. And you kept on telling me that I had to, like, turn off my logical mind and just get more in tune with the, with the, um, intuitive, the intuitive side of my mind. And for a long time, I tried to do that. And then one day I finally just let go and I was able to, to get into the intuitive side of my mind like you were telling me to do and I noticed that I was much more aware of what was going on in my body like every time the paddle would hit me like not only did I feel where it had hit me but I felt the the warmth and the heat radiating from it in all directions and I felt the endorphins like individually working on their own and I was aware of my breathing and like I would notice when I started to to sweat and like feel each individual like pore of my body as I would sweat and getting in tune with myself like that really helps in other aspects of my life it helps me when I'm meditating it helps me when I am having sex it helps me when I am edging by myself it helps me in a lot of really amazing ways and I think it's beautiful and I'd like to jump in here and say I noticed when I started making the transformation I realized that the rational side of the brain is very calculating and sometimes very judgmental. And when we can shut that down and really fully embrace the intuitive side of our nature, all of a sudden, everything transforms. We become so fully present and experience the energies with ourselves, with our partners. We experience sexuality at a deeper level. The rational brain's not really designed to enjoy sex. 
it's the intuitive side of the brain that you can really enjoy not only the sexual components, but when you reach orgasm, it becomes even more expanding and amazing. <laughs> but I just want to jump in and say that because it is a whole different way of thinking. It is a higher consciousness that we enter into when we become fully aroused, when we become fully sexual and in tune with our bodies and with our partner's body. Yeah, definitely. For me, getting away from the the logical brain also has the benefit of without all of that noise going on all at once and, you know, like trying to wonder, like, do I like this? How does this feel? Like, it allows me to let go and I feel like I can tap into my energy and my my power better. I do things based on intuition and not on what I think I should do. And a lot of times it leads me to doing incredible things that I, I don't think that I would normally otherwise do. I think for me, one of the things I noticed right up front was I became less conscientious about my own body and I quit thinking, oh, am I performing well enough or am I doing it right or is sex quit being an equation? It quit being something that you put part B and part A together and do it just at this right angle and with this much, no, no, all that kind of goes out the window when you get more into the intuitive side. All of a sudden, sex becomes a form of art and it becomes a flow, not a equation. <laughs> One thing I would like to say is like, it is good to to analyze and think about it. It's it's kind of like, you know, you want to learn the technique well enough to not have to think about it anymore. So it's kind of an interesting balance to play because when you're doing something that you've just learned or you're learning something new or someone's teaching you something, you do kind of have to be in that logical headspace. But after you've learned it well enough, then you can let go and it just flows from you and it's magic. <laughs> oh yeah, and and I'm not saying the rational side of the brain can't be involved in this process, but when it's only the rational side, it gets in the way, if that makes sense. It's like it becomes too judgmental or too calculating and sex isn't—it's a more primal force within us. It's something that really thrives in the intuitive brain at a higher level than it ever can. And these are some of the sacred components of sexuality: is getting into that primal part of our nature and getting into the part of our nature that really wants to be connected with others and with ourselves. And to me, sacred sex is all about connecting. It's about forming that genital heart connection. 
It's becoming more in tune with the beauty of sexuality and not seeing it as this sinful act or this evil act. It's not something that's you have to learn how to do it right specifically. Yeah, there's some techniques you can learn to improve, but on the whole, sex isn't about just inserting part A into slot B. <laughs> it's about energy, too. It's about working with the sexual energies of our bodies and learning and using that. And that all comes from intuition. It's being able to feel the energy of your partner as well as your own sexual energy and being in tune with yourself and your partner. Yeah, definitely. And another thing I've noticed is when I get out of the, the logical headspace when I'm having sex, before I would think a lot about things like when I was fingering someone or you know, eating them out and it, or, or sucking dick and it started to get painful, like I kind of just think about the pain and like focus in on the pain and getting out of that logical headspace like sure I, I feel it in a way but it doesn't bother me as much it's just part of the experience and it becomes even a beautiful part of the experience sometimes because it's a good indicator of what I'm doing and the fact that I'm willing to, to put myself through this dif discomfort to please my partner and seeing the reaction in, in them, uh, I think is really beautiful and I love it. And I think you said a key word in all that, and that is it's a matter of focus. When we focus in on one component that may seem slightly uncomfortable, it grows and becomes even more uncomfortable. But when we focus on a different aspect or when we focus more on our own body and our own partner's body and their energy flow, then all of a sudden that it's amazing part of the human brain. The focus changes and that pain kind of goes in the background or that discomfort, I won't call it pain exactly, but all of a sudden it's not about discomfort, the focus changed, and focus is a powerful force that we can use as a way to really experience sex at a whole different level, where it's not just an awkward thing, but something that is an art form, and it's by focusing on the energy and focusing on pleasuring each other or oneself that all of a sudden that changes and transforms. Absolutely. That's definitely one of the things that I've learned through working with you is that the mind, where the mind goes, the body follows. And it's just a really, really powerful thing we are we are powerful beings capable of doing really amazing and wonderful things and 
sex and sexuality and building this daily sexual practice is an example of the power that we have and and how we can change our lives. And I think part of really being able to pleasure another starts with learning how to pleasure yourself. And that's partly what makes uh, morning affirmations so powerful, is that we learn new techniques and new ways to work with our own sexual energy. And by doing so, all of a sudden it's easy to work with a partner's energy once you kind of get a feel for it. And it's by doing some daily practices, kneeling in front of the altar and naked and being in tune with your body and what you're feeling and feeling that engorgement in your genitals. And yes, women do get erections too, and they are delicious. <laughs> and they feel so good. And that's a big part of this that makes doing this so easy is that every day when I do mine, it just feels so good. I can't start a day without it now. <laughs> just because it's, uh, even afterwards, uh, throughout the day, I, I feel those good tingly sensations through my body every so often. And then sometimes when I get into really intense rituals or play scenes or even intense lovemaking, that feeling amplifies and carries with me for even days and sometimes a couple of weeks afterwards something that's radiant and vibrant and amazing. <laughs> yeah, all of this work that we do is is life-changing. Uh, it, it It is so, so powerful. Well, we're coming to the top of another show, <laughs> and it has been good talking about this. Take some time and really explore bringing sacredness to your sexuality. Make it a sacred act. Build an altar. Worship your body and your partner's body, if you have a partner. And if not, by worshiping your own body, you may get a partner before long. Because one of the things I discovered was that once I started doing this work, I was attracting people right and left. I mean... I was more radiant and vibrant, even in my daily life, away from the morning affirmations. It's building that erotic energy and, and bringing it up into my body and up through my chakras. It radiates throughout your day. And I also believe that in a certain way, it helps us produce more pheromones and some of the good chemistry that does attract people to us. So this can be also powerful for people who are single and are really wanting to find a partner. Start putting this to practice, and you might be amazed at the results. I didn't tell the part of the story when I did my self-date, but it was about two weeks after my self-date I had a girl that was I was very attracted to and even scared to talk to. I mean, she made my knees buckle. I mean, I got tongue-tied in front of her. 
And she came up to me shortly after and asked me out on a date. Now, I can't promise that that'll happen, but you never know. But it did happen for me, and it was, I was so amazed. And, and I went out with her, and it was an amazing date. And all that was because I learned to love myself first and be loving to myself and to experience that beautiful sexual ecstasy and how to build and work up the sexual energy in my body. And by doing so, it shows. There's an energy we project. And when we build that sexual energy up in the mor first thing in the morning, and we go out into the world, it shines out of us. <laughs> so anyway, I would like to just say that this week we didn't get any questions or comments. We do look forward to questions. So if you have a question or you have a show you want us to do, contact me. My email address is admin at ravenslayerleather.com. Or you can put in a comment at iTunes. I know this podcast goes on several different platforms, so on iTunes, I know I'll get it. If not, use the admin at ravenslayerleather.com. While I'm here, I do want to remind you to visit ravenslayerleather.com. You can also send me comments through my website. I have comment boxes and different areas where I would love to hear feedback from you. So if you love the show, or even if you find something that you don't like about the show, let me know. We'll look into it and see what we need to change. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Go forth, raise that sexual energy. Pleasure yourself. You're worthy of it. You're deserving of it. Start living a more sex-positive lifestyle. Start putting some of these things into practice daily. By doing so, you can transform your life and start living and shining out as a sex-positive individual that's into the beauties and the amazing bodies that we have. And they work so well once we start really exploring deeper on how to raise our sex energy and play with it. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. 
we would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.